I on? Yeah. I've already been warned that this is probably not going to work, but I didn't believe it, so I went ahead and said I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> They're like, no, it snap, crackles, and pops. That mic does not work. <laughs> so I had to move down. As I was sitting there, I thought, huh, teaching happens there. Training happens here. So I asked him to move this down here. So it was just something I saw in the spirit, and I'm like, there, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> So anyway, um, Pastor Jim is actually teaching at Pickerington today, and Mary's in Ireland, and they'll be back next week. So Pastor Jim asked me to speak this morning, and of course I said yes, because that's the answer when he asks you to speak, you say <laughs> yes. And, but my thought was, I don't have anything to say. So when I thought that, it wasn't long when Holy Spirit said, why don't you talk about words? And I thought... Okay, when you say I don't have anything to say, and Holy Spirit says talk about words, I just found that really humorous. I was like, that just messed me up right there. I'm like, seriously? I'm going to talk about words. So actually, I am talking about words. I think about, we've talked about this in staff, I was thinking like, when you want to hear about, you know, glory and fire and oil and presence, everything Sean just said up on stage, that's what you're going to get from Sean. If you want to hear like healing and and finances and grace, Jim's your guy, <laughs> Pastor Jim is. But my vein is healing and deliverance, so that's automatically where I go. So don't hear it, I always preface by saying don't hear it as a judgment, it is just what it is. <laughs> so if people aren't familiar with the Sozo ministry that we have here, it's our inner healing and deliverance ministry. And so I oversee that. So like I said, it's just kind of the vein that I run in, so that's what's generally delivered. So today, because Holy Spirit told me to speak on words, this is going to be about deliverance of our tongues. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do deliverance of our tongues today. We're even going to have a, a couple activations. So am I, am I vibrating out there, verberating, or whatever it's called? Huh? Okay. Awesome. All right. So we know that there is a war over our words. There are so many battles over our words right now. I feel like more than any other time that I can remember in my lifetime, there is such a battle and a war over our words. And so again, generally when I speak, it's always about awareness because when we're aware of something, then we're accountable to that. So this is, general, this is just a reminder, again, that we, we all know what scripture says about our, we know all of this stuff, but I'm telling you what, it's rampant right now. So the war over our words, when we look at just the spiritual climate and the political spirit right now and the social media and the news, there's a total war over words. It's like crazy. I'm at the point where I can't, like, if I turn on the TV on a news channel and then literally five minutes later turn on a different one, there's total opposites being spoken. It's like, how can this be and nobody gets it? It's like there's such a battle over the words in the secular world. But there's a battle over the, wor the words right here in our Christian community, right here in the body of Christ. And it's really been enhanced and it's really been, it, it might not apply to all of you, but I'm going to tell you, I, I bet most in this room have been struggling in the last year or so with words spoken over them, words spoken to them, words that they've taken on and they've gone deep into their hearts and it's really hurt them. And the reason I know that is because of Sozo. The reason I know that is because you can just see it in the spirit realm. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out. But when people come into Sozo, I would say literally probably 99%, I don't care if they're men or women, have been hurt by the body of Christ. 
And again, don't hear it as a judgment, but hear it as, hey, we've got to do something about this because the world already stinks. <laughs> and we're supposed to be the example and we're killing each other with our words. We're killing each other with our words. So anyway, I'm going to read James 3, 5, 9 to you. You all know the scripture, but I love it in the Passion Translation. And it says, and so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a, hu a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness. Think about that. The sum total of wickedness. So the sum to total of all the wickedness in the whole world is like our tongue. <laughs> Oh, it can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body, and it is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and land, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It is fickle unrestrained evil that spews our outwards of full, of full toxic poison. We use our tongues to praise God our Father, then turn around and curse a person or speak about a person who was made in his very image. I'm telling you, when I, I've been talking to God about words for a, a, like, like a year and a half or so, maybe even longer than that, because I had this whole thing about words, too many words, not enough words, just about prayer and intercession, what does that look like, because I knew it was, it was changing. I could feel that intercession was changing, but what did that look like? I went through a season where I didn't want, not that I didn't want to, but I didn't pray, like with English, because I'm like, it's so many words. It's so many words, and he already knows my heart. So I went through this whole thing about words. So then just kind of putting this together, it was really interesting because how many of you know when you're going to share on something that you're going to be tested in that area or something is going to happen in that area? I totally, just so you know, I totally got an F just this week. So I'm not, again, that's why when I even say you, when I refer to you, I'm saying we. I'm just, just going to refer to you um, because I've been through some fire this week because of my words. So, and I, I actually saw great humor in it. As, as well as that I did have to go back and clean up a mess. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I ha you have no idea. And I'm one that is like totally against texting unless it is like for a reason. Like, hey, can you meet me here? Or, hey, this has changed. Or, hey, this is... But to text like in a conversation, that's just not... So I learned about three years ago not to do that. And I don't do it. And I did it this week <laughs> to a family member. Oh, it wasn't pretty. But anyway... It's, it's settled now, but I was like, okay, you're not even doing what you're talking about. <laughs> but God really just convicted my heart, and it's part of that learning process to keep us really sharp because our words are powerful. Yeah. And then I think about that, too, when it says um, when we're praising God, our Father, and then we turn around and we curse the person who was made in his image. So if I'm going to, like, if I say something bad about Tony, I'm literally hurting God. That hurts God's heart if I say something about Tony. And I've never really looked at it like that. I mean, I just know, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, we should probably watch our mouth. But if I say something about Tony, God's going, you know what? That's my son, and he was created in my image, and that really just hurt my heart. I'm telling you, it's shifting what I'm thinking in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, wow, we should probably all just shut up. <laughs> probably be a really good idea. 
So, you know, this, I always say this in Sozo, this, or her, this is a container of life and death. So what we speak out, because everything is spirit realm, so what we speak out, whether it's negative or positive, um, it's going to be our reality. And whatever we speak out, it sets it in the spirit realm. So as we're speaking out, everything is spirit, and what we speak out, it's set in the spirit realm, whether it's negative or positive. Yeah, so in Gal Galatians 6, 8, it says, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. So what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. So think about that. See, we think about that with finances, time, energy. What about our words? What we plant will always be the very thing we harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. So my question, I have a couple questions, and I'm going to say you because I already got experience this week, and I really don't want to again. But anyway, I just want to ask you, where are you sowing your words? Where are you sowing your words? Because that's where your harvest is going to be. If you're sowing your words in discord, if you're sowing your words and there's a lot of strife and, and stuff going on, like in family situations or whatever that looks like, that's what your harvest is going to look like. So we want to be really careful where we're planting really careful or where we're sowing our words. So the other question I have is, what if the time we spent talking about someone, we spent talking to them? Oh my gosh. Think about it. What if the time we spent talking about someone, we actually spent that time talking to them so that we can maybe have a different attitude, maybe develop a relationship, that kind of thing. And I, I really believe that probably most people, well, I'll go to the third question because that'll answer it for you. So what if there was an audio or a video that was taken of you for the last two weeks and we played it right here today? Where would you be with your words? Think about it. Now, I know there's some people going, I'm, I'm totally good. You know what? That is awesome. That is really awesome. I have not arrived. <laughs> Because if my video from the last two weeks, I already know from this week, because I already blew it in a, in a text, you know? So I already know that. So this is, again, it's about awareness. It's about, you know, accountability to that. So if you think back and you ask the Lord, which we are going to do, but if you think back just the, how many of your work situations, how many in the ministry, how many right here in church, how many in your family, how, how many words were spoken out that weren't lined up with heaven? I'm telling you, and I've said this before, we'd be a lot more quiet. We really would. Because we, I think that there's all, think about just conversations in general. It's just bizarre to me. Anyway, it's my whole thing with words right now. But it starts with a thought. Everything starts with a thought. So thoughts are silent words. Think about that. If they're not spoken out, your thoughts are silent words. So we need to steward those thoughts. We need to steward our words which means we need to manage them. We need to look after them. That's what steward means. We, we th again, we'll think of finances, but what if we're stewarding our words? We need to manage our words. We need to control our words and what we're speaking out. So the other question is, how are you managing your words? Because you're the only one that can manage yours, and I'm the only one that can manage mine. But how are you doing? How am I doing managing my words? So I thought of an example um, <laughs> uh, well, I'll just pick on Jen because she's sitting in front of me right now. So let's say Jen comes in. She walks in, random day. I look at her and I think, 
what's wrong with Jen? I say, what, my thought process, what's wrong with Jen? She's a little uptight. She just looks kind of frazzled. I wonder what's going on with her. And this, then let's say I just, this is simple, basic one-on-one stuff, and we all do it, except for probably some of the men. So anyway, then we, let's say I go over to Teresa and I say, did you see Jen? She looked a little frazzled today. You think she's a little uptight? What's going on with her? Oh, she's carrying a lot of stuff. Now, I'm talking to Teresa. Uh, right there, gossip started. Right there, gossip started. It's something that little. So the solution to that would have been to go up to Jen and just say, hey, Jen, you look a little frazzled. I always tell Teresa, I have to laugh about this. This just came to me. I always tell Teresa, there's a lot going on there. That's what I say to her. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> and she gets me, and I get her. But it would, the, the solution would be for me to go to Jen and say, hey, you look a little bit uptight. You look a little anxious. Is, is everything okay? Do you want, is there anything you want to talk about? I mean, it's so simple. But yet we, uh, 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 and it tears the body of Christ up. The enemy loves that kind of stuff. And I hate it that he loves it and that we do it. <laughs> it's like, oh. So another thing that came to mind is what if somebody, another example, what if somebody, um, a thought crosses my mind because it all starts with a thought. And let's say I'm somewhere and somebody walks in and I think, mm, I don't particularly like him. It's just a real quick thought. I don't really like him. Okay, number one, we already know that that's not a good thought. But don't tell me you all don't have somebody you just don't kind of like because I know you do. So you might, not, you might not think about them, but if you see them, you might think, I don't like them. So what if, and God busted me on this. He busted me on this. So what if, it was, it was an interesting week, and it's just beginning is the thing, because now he's going to go, you're accountable for what you've learned. <laughs> so anyway, what if somebody comes in and I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I don't particularly like that person. What if I stopped right then, and this is just a sozo, sozo thing, what if I just said, Holy Spirit, what's your thoughts about him? How do you feel about him and how do you see him? I know I talked before about lens changes, but this is a little bit different. Like, Holy Spirit, how do you feel about him? And then what if I just took that time to listen, then Holy Spirit told me, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to go prophesy that over that person. That person that I don't particularly like for whatever reason, I'm going to take the time to go, Holy Spirit, I want you guys to train yourself in this because I'm going to be working on it. Like, Holy Spirit, what do you think about him or her, whatever the situation is? And then I go to that person and I go, you know what? Holy Spirit just showed me blah, 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 blah. And bless that person and edify him and build him up. Instead of me, in my mind, going, I don't really like you. So anyway, we need to prophesy over people. We need to really ramp up prophecy. It's gotten a little dry. It's gotten a little dull. And it's because if we're not out there prophesying and we're in our heads a lot about things, we could be prophesying so much more. And that could go, we could go to so many different levels if we would just use the gift that God's given us just to build up and encourage and love each other. So the first thing, the solution to that, the first thing I want to do is I need to check the voice I'm hearing from. So if it is a negative thought, I already know it's not God. So he's out of the equation. It's not God. So it's either the enemy or it's me. So if it's the enemy, I'm going to recognize his voice because you can always tell it. He, he's, he just, you just know it is him, and he doesn't have any power. And so I'm not going to allow that thought that comes in take root. And that's the key. I'm not going to let the thought take root. If it's me, if it's my soul that are thinking these things, body, soul, and spirit, or mind, will, and emotions, 
if it's me, then I need to do a spiritual checkup. I need to check in with him. I need to do a spiritual checkup. And then if I'm offended with that person, then I need to do some business with God. And then I need to partner again. I need to just ask God, what do you think of this person? And then it's end of story. You know, it didn't go from here to, to Teresa, to Teresa going, oh, yeah, I know. It, it stopped. And I'm going to prophesy over Jen. I'm going to prophesy over Tony. I, by the way, I love you. Oh, you were just sitting there, and I happened to see you. <laughs> You're not the person that I go, I don't like. <laughs> so anyway, so our ammunition is to really use, our prof- use the prophetic gifting that God's given us so that we can speak it into other people's lives. Just imagine a body of Christ that walked in love like that, that didn't have all the static and all the accusations and all the stuff that's going on on any given day. And trust me, it is, because I see it every day in Sozo. Every, day, every Sozo that I've ever done, I can literally say, I, I'll, I'll say 99% that I've ever done is because people have hurt people. And I'm like, wow, we just really don't get it. We know it here, and we read it, and then I'm not saying none of us apply it. We do, but we can do such a better job so we're not killing each other. Yeah, so I'm just going to read Corinthians. We already know about the love chapter, but I love the way this is written because it says, it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love is joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. That's a key right there. Wouldn't it be great if we didn't see what was wrong with everything and with everyone? So it, takes, it doesn't take delight in seeing what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. That's a safe shelter. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be like, a safe shelter where, that we just know we're loved and that, that everybody's going to look and try to find the best in each other. And then in Proverbs 16... I love this. Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. Gosh, inner healing to our spirits just from beautiful words spoken over us. And then in Proverbs 4, this is actually healing words. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Want to be healthy? Listen to that again. As you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Yeah. I mean, this Passion Translation, I've read that scripture so many times, and I read it here, and I went, oh. I mean, it takes you to a whole new place of going, this is serious business, and it's so, so easy. And he gives us everything we need to walk it out, and it's a simple thing like love. 
instead of trying to see what's wrong with people or because we pick up in the spirit that so-and-so's got this or you're a little, you've got some junk on you. It's like, what if we looked at them and said, there's some junk there and I'm just going to profit. We know this from basic um, prophetic training, but I'm just going to prophesy the opposite. I choose, to, I choose to look at that person how God sees them instead of how I, what, if I'm going to look at a person in a bad way, why is that? Obviously, there's something within me that would want to look at somebody and go, yeah, I don't really like them. Okay, what's wrong in me that I need to go before the Lord to figure that out? Because it's not them. It's my thought. It's not their thought. I'm in control of my thoughts. So I love Galatians 5.26. It says, <laughs> so may we never be arrogant or look down on another for each of us is an original each of us is an original. May we never be arrogant or look down on another for each of us is, is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the values of others. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the values of others. So in other words, we're not to partner or connect with anything that diminishes another person. Why would I ever want to diminish you? Why would you ever want to diminish somebody else? Again, we need to go inward with that. If, we're, if we take any pleasure of diminishing somebody else, then we have something that we need to work out with the Lord. Because generally, that's an insecurity, it's jealousy, and it's when we want to build ourselves up, we want to put ourselves here, and they're here. And we say, oh, the world, world does that. The body of Christ does that. <laughs> yeah. So, and we have to remember again, because we're created in his image. We really got to get that. We're created in his image, so I really don't want to hurt God by naysaying or saying something or a thought about somebody that, that he loves and that he created in his image. So we're going to do a couple activations here. You guys ready? <laughs> I got to do them so you get to. <laughs> so I'm going to do two things. Actually, I just want everybody to close their eyes. And we're actually going to take a couple minutes. Don't let that be unsettling to you. Just, it's between you and the Lord, but you know what? We're going to do a little repenting <laughs> because we've hurt each other. Yeah. And God might even show you in this before you leave that you're going to talk to somebody. So don't be surprised if he does that. And it could be just a simple hug or just a I'm sorry or I love you or whatever that looks like. He's going to show you. So I just want you to close your eyes because we're going to do business with him. And I want you to ask him, have you partnered with gossip, being a naysayer, or an accuser of the brethren? And just let him speak to you. And then if he, has, if he shows you that, then you need to repent. And that just means simply telling him you're sorry, and then you're going you're gonna to do better. Actually, I'd like you to ask him to show you the last week. I won't have you do two weeks. But ask him to show you the last week of that video and audio of yourself.
Okay. So you already know if there's somebody that you need to go to. Remember how all the word talks about take, um, leaving your gifts at the altar <coughs> and then make it right with that person. The other thing I'm going to do, I'm gonna, this is a sozo tool, and we're going to do it all together. If you don't want to, you can opt out. <laughs> but we're just going to be breaking the connection with the word statements and judgments. Anything that was spoken over us, to us, about us, I call it residue. Well, actually, I call it verbal vomit, and we're going to flush it. But because that's like a really good visual for me, just we're going to get rid of it. So we do it in Sozo a lot. And again, this is for awareness things because we already know Jesus did it on the cross for us. But I'll tell you what, you know, the saying um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> I remember that from when I was little. Words really, really hurt and they break hearts. So they can totally break you. They can break your, they can break everything in you. So we just want to get rid of any of that because, again, and the reason we're speaking it out is because we're settling it in the spirit today. We're getting rid of all this stuff, and then we're, it's settled in the spirit, and then we're accountable to go forth and to remember that when we're talking to somebody, whether it's a work situation, whatever it is, that we're going to ask God, how do you see that person? And then you're going to speak life over them. See how, how much your work situations would change to those people that you don't particularly like. <laughs> All right. So everybody just close your eyes again. We'll just do that. And I'm going to have you do a repeat after me type thing, so it may seem a little strange, but just follow along with me. So I just want you to say, I repent for every agreement that I have made with any word, statement, or judgment, spoken or unspoken, intentional or unintentional, and I sever the agreements. I break the power of every word attack over my life. And I command them and the spirits attached to them to be loosed from me now and go to the foot of the cross. And Jesus, I take back the ground and the authority that they gave to the enemy. And I willfully give them to you. And Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me for any word, statement, or judgment I have spoken or thought, intentional or unintentional. And I sever the bondage it is placed on others. And I speak blessings instead. And I thank you for releasing them completely and bringing healing and restoration in your name. Big clap. <laughs> flush. You just flushed all of that stuff. Just got rid of all the verbal vomit. Yeah? So what was really interesting is Thursday, um, Ruthie and I don't know where you're at, but I know you're in the house. Uh, Ruthie Ann and I had a sozo, and after sozo, she and I were talking. We were talking about words, <laughs> and she was telling about a situation that she was in where God kind of, oh, I'll let you tell the story, but where God kind of um, corrected her, and he corrected her through a painting, and that was just on Thursday, and so she painted it, and she's going to explain it. I thought this would be really good for a visual. I'm a real visual person, so if I see something, it'll really stick with me. And I saw that, and I went, oh, my gosh. I will not forget this picture, and then it's going to remind me of everything I just said. So, yeah.
it's a smaller picture, so it's kind of hard to see, so I'm going to have Chris bring it down. But yeah, it was crazy because I had a week like Cheryl's, and um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I actually um, hurt a friend. And um, I, my thing was, I had such a strong opinion about what was going on that I didn't listen. And, and you know, when you got that prophetic thing on you, you can just, you know, you're going to cut through. And I did that to a friend. And I, I just really, I'm still, you know, I feel it. And anyway, and then this week I kept praying for, you know, I got to paint. And I wanted to do a Zion painting, like come from Sean's world. You know, I wanted to do the king and victory and all that <laughs> stuff. And God kept giving me this. And I was like, no, Zion doesn't like that. <laughs> and um, anyway, what it is, if you can't see it, it's a, it's a little girl wearing a princess dress. She's a redheaded girl. <laughs> so I, when you do people in paintings, you need to do, be careful because like certain people relate to certain characters. And so this person actually is me, and um, an immature version of me. And uh, there she is. She's got her sword above her head, and she's going for it, which is, I showed it to Cheryl, and Cheryl's like, well, she's going for it. That's good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But what she's going for is she's trying to cut a cupcake with this sword. And what she can't see, yeah, and what she can't see is that the cupcake is on the arm of Christ. And the cupcake is the bait of the enemy. It could be the Facebook posts. It could be the strong opinion that you have. It could be the Buckeyes last night. You know? <laughs> yay bucks. Right? <laughs> now they're saying yay bucks. Right? But the, the cupcake's the bait, you guys. And so I feel like this is, like, like the painting here is the problem. I don't really like to paint the problem. We like to paint what God has given us, the <laughs> kingdom that we have, and we know that. But this is, this is the kingdom, too, and it's the place where we need to remember that this is Christ and what he did for us. And um, the title of this, am I okay? A shirt free from Powerful still? Okay. The title of the painting. Seconds. Okay, 30 seconds. <laughs> the title of the painting um, is Shirley. And the reason is, is because it's Isaiah 53. Um, three and four, where surely he has borne our transgressions. Mm -hmm. And then there's this part in it that says, we assumed him smitten and stricken by God. But here's the, here's the exchange of the so-so. Okay. By his stripes, <laughs> by the stripes, yeah. we are healed. The composition of the painting is, is off in one way, and that's her sword is higher than Christ. Wow. <laughs> and in order to get that, she's had to build boxes here in order to elevate herself up higher than Christ. It makes me very uncomfortable to look at it, especially when I, I'm identifying with that person. And for your sake to remember it, you can put yourself there if you like. If you don't like, that's okay too. But for me, like down here, I even labeled my boxes. And some of the common things that these boxes can be are the political realm, if you're moving in political instead of in Christ, religion, and, and the big one is self, which is idolatry, anything where you're coming from your own self, and yeah, 
That's, that's where I was at this week, you guys. <laughs> and it felt so good to flush. Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I just thought it was so powerful because we had just, um, we had just come out of the Sozo and we started talking about words. And she's like, oh, God really just corrected me on something. He showed me this painting and then she showed me on her phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, that spoke so much to me. But I, I didn't hear you say on Thursday about the sword being higher and it's like, oh my gosh. So, and those boxes are very wobbly. She's not even standing on firm foundation. It's like really shaky foundation because it's all her. And so anyway, thank you for painting that. I just, I think it's a, a, a great visual of, that we'll remember. I know that I'll remember it when I go up, because I know that God is going to check us on this and we'll feel that thing. When we start to say something or that thought comes in or we start to say something, I believe he's going to check us and we're going to go, what, we always have a choice, but he's going to go and you're going to know. I'm either going to step into that and I'm going to go ahead and say it, which would be like, I'm going to be above him. I'm going to put my sword above him and I'm going to slash that. And people that are wired that are pretty black and white, that's really easy to do. <laughs> so we really have to check ourselves, not to whoosh, with our words or with our actions. So anyway, that's what I release over you today. <laughs> that we just be careful of our words and watch our containers and what, what we're filling our containers with. So I just, do you have anything, Sean? Okay, so I'm just going to pray. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're so incredibly patient with us. You're so incredibly patient. You just let us come back time and time and time again, and you just continuously teach us as long as we have hungry hearts and we're not hard-hearted. So I thank you, God, that these words today landed on soft hearts. I thank you that our hearts are pliable and they're soft and they're flexible. And I thank you, God, that you're just going to... Um, Teach us and show us even more about love and how to love and how to love well. That God, not that we would just know it in our heads or we'd know it from scripture, but we would know it in our hearts and it would be such a part of us that we'd never want to talk against each other. That we would look at every single person as our brother and sister in Christ and truly mean that. <laughs> even the people that we don't particularly like. That God, that you would just change that in our hearts. That you would give us your vision. That you would help us see out of your lens so that we can just love each other, one another well. And that God, that we just be pleasing in your, in your sight by the love that we just extend one to another. The grace that we extend to one another. The same love and grace that you extend to us that we would extend to each other. So God, I just thank you. I just thank you that this has fallen on good soil and that we're going to walk it out and we're going to walk it out humbly and with great love. And we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Oh, thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord. We just bless your holy name. We just thank you for who you are and that you're a good dad. And sometimes you just have to discipline us a little bit to get us back on track. So God, I thank you that you're getting the body of Christ on track. Yeah, so we just praise you, God. We just praise you and we love you. We love you so much. Amen. I do want to challenge you with one other thing. Um, community is a big deal, and we know that. We talk about community all the time. Um, some of us are in different, you know, revival groups, um, whatever that looks like, ministry groups. You might be in home churches, you might, whatever that looks like. Um, I was out at Bethel uh, probably a month ago, and they talked. They really hit on communities a lot. 
And I just kind of drew a couple of those things um, or took those away with me. And one of the things, you know, we've talked about how we need to, correct me if I get this wrong, that we need to have a, a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in our life. Paul, somebody uh, that flies higher than us, somebody that runs beside us and someone that we're helping to pull up. They kind of said it in a different way, but that was the bottom line. And it was like, who's in your inner circle? Who's in your community? Because we all have communities. You can say we're all one great big body of Christ, but I'll tell you what, we have all these different little communities, which is okay for connection purposes, but we have a whole body of Christ here that some of us don't know each other at all. <laughs> so my question is, or not a question, what I'm going to endeavor to do is to be intentional about inviting somebody literally into my circle, so to speak. So what about if you invited somebody, how about if you invited somebody that you didn't particularly care for in your inner circle? Because you know what? We can learn from them. God wants, he puts those people, he actually wants to put those people in our circle, but we're like, you know what? I don't really want to do that. <laughs> you know, I just want these people. I really love them a lot. We flow really well together. You know, it's, it's really comfortable. What if God has somebody that he wants to put in your inner circle to teach you something that you would otherwise never learn? So that's my thing. If he's, if uh, I'm actually going to be asking him this, I'm going to challenge you to ask him that I'm not going to say this week. I want you to ask him today because otherwise you'll forget. Ask him today if there's somebody that's right in front of you that you're not even aware of that he wants you to bring into your inner circle, for lack of a better word, or community. He wants you to bring in because there's something that they have to offer to you that you can learn from them and they can learn from you and that you can start building relationships with people that we're not so comfortable with so that we don't become cliquish. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I challenge you to do that today. Oh,